we have personal biases or or per, even perceptions and fears that even though we feel aligned for something and and with something at our core we still uh, you know navigate that and i think that's something that's really important to put out and i was really struggling with perception big time i would say like the first year of our relationship like i remember being out with the the woman that I was mentioning earlier who we were in a triad with and you know we would walk down the street and it was like I didn't want to all hold hands because I didn't want to be perceived in a, in a way that felt misunderstood I don't like mm. being misunderstood and I know that there's so many mis you know uh misunderstandings around what polyamory is or um or what our relationship dynamic might be or why and I didn't want just a random stranger to have these perceptions of me because it was such a big deal for me it's such a big fear for me welcome to the live your fuck yes life podcast your place for all things real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really fucking matters I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, mindset coach, actor, and truth teller extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought to help you face your fears, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 119 of the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, and today I have my husband, Kevin, on with me again for episode two of the polyamory series that we are doing and has been so wildly requested. If you missed last week's episode, um, it was all around jealousy. I will link it in the show notes for you. Highly recommend you go back and listen to not only that episode, but also the episode uh, 105 where we dig into all of the things around our polyamory journey um, and why we got into this and uh, what it's been like for the last almost three years, I guess, at this point right now. Uh, coming up on <laughs> yeah. it, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, we decided to do this series um, on the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast. If you're new to here, um, we don't just talk about poly <laughs> normally on the podcast. Um, it's a space to talk about um, shit that w- nobody really talks about in life. And um, I share about all sorts of things on this podcast and have really amazing guests and interviews, um, but also talk about my own journey with the BRCA gene and my preventative double mastectomy. Um, I talk about uh, body confidence and my eating disorder recovery, as well as my journey into queerness and polyamory and so many other topics Um because they're just not talked about, not talked about ever, 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 ever. And um, a big part of why I wanted to do this polyamory series is, one, because all of you were asking for it um, and asking a lot of really amazing questions um, that we just couldn't possibly put in a 30 or 60-second TikTok or, a you know, uh, Instagram stories. Um, and two, because uh, I think our perspectives, while aligned in a lot of ways, are also very unique. Um, in their own rights, and I, there are so few uh, cis males in the space who are actively talking about their experiences with Polly, um, and I've had a lot of people say that they would love to hear more about that, so I thought it'd be really cool to have you on the podcast and do this series, so side of your back. I didn't realize that was a rarity. You are a rarity. Actually, you are a deep rarity. I was, um, there was a TikTok uh, that I, I did, like, well, now that you're listening to this a few days ago, um, and it was all about 
are there any good men? Like somebody was, I stitched it. And it was like, somebody was like, are there any good men left in this world? Please tell me if you have like a good man in your life, like what he's like, because I don't believe they exist. And I was like, yeah, they do, you know? Um, so I think you are a rarity. Um, so anyways, welcome. this TikTok. I'll have to watch it. I'll have to it. show it to you. Welcome back to the pod. Um, today, Thanks. we are talking about all things perception. Mm. We've gotten a lot of questions around... Um, how we navigated the shift from monogamy to polyamory from a perception standpoint. Our dog Toby is being very loving right now. Um, Whereby loving you mean needy? Needy, yeah, needy as fuck. Um, is there a difference? <laughs> um, perception. And, oh, ooh, we just got really blurry on video. Okay. Um, and yeah, um, and also specifically around perception, how coming out to our friends and family went, um, what that process has been like for us and all sorts of stuff. So, um, wait, can you, can you define the first perception again or is it like, we're just going to deep dive into it. So perception, generally speaking, I think, um, is a really interesting topic. It's something I actually deep dive a lot in my group and one-on-one work because I think so often we hold ourselves back from being, who we really are because we are so scared of being perceived in a way that might lead us to not be seen, accepted, or loved. At the end of the day, you'll hear me say this a million times, you know, I think as humans, we just want to be seen, accepted, and loved at the end of the day. And perception and how other other people view us is such a big thing. It's why you see so many people, um, you know, pretending on Instagram to be one thing when in reality behind closed doors they have a very different life and are not actually as happy or as positive as they um, make you out to be I lived in that space a lot um, back in the day I did not share my true self um, not just publicly but also privately Um, I didn't want to be perceived a certain way so I presented myself um, in certain lights and I think it also goes to hiding who we really are a lot of the time because we're scared that if we show ourselves, I think it's why um, I've had so many conversations with so many people who have come out of the closet, you know, in their late twenties and thirties because they've been scared of how, you know, their community might perceive them, their family, their friends. Um, And that was a really big deal for me when it came to poly and I came out as bisexual and poly at the same time. And I'm curious, like, has that been a part of your experience in terms of coming out as poly? Um, I think less so. Like, I, I think maybe I was, uh, there are a handful of people that I was, re- like, really concerned about. Not because I thought they would have bad reactions, per se, but more that um, I just wasn't sure how they would respond. Yeah. Like, my, my two best friends. Like, I knew they would be supportive of, like, whatever shenanigans I wanted to uh, get into. Like, I, I went through college with them, so, like... Yeah. You know, shit got Go a little hairy, shit, yeah. uh, you know, from time to time. Uh, my parents and like, you know, what is the proper term? Family of origin. Is that the is that the thing? Um, I don't know. Like. I wasn't really worried about that at all. Like they were either, you know, going to say cool or like, hey, don't do that. And either one didn't really impact me. My mom was actually like really chill. What well, can I can we go back a second? Why mm. was that not something you were worried about? Because of just who they are as people or because you don't have a strong relationship with them? Like uh are those mutually exclusive? No, that's why I'm asking. Uh no, I mean I just I'm not, you know, 
my family's opinions are different than mine on lots of things yeah. and i don't you know i'm my own goddamn person who you know i moved out at like 16 and change so uh you know for you know reasons like and uh you know it just is what it is like so their opinion to me was like it was important in that like i hope they you know accepted me i think like uh, all all people do with their or all children do with their parents, but at the end of the day, it was inconsequential whether they actually did or not. Yeah. So I think that's an interesting. I asked that question because I think it's an interesting thing on perception because I think there are some people. I'm curious for all of you listening. You know, let us know if you're in the Patreon page or you know wherever you you listen to us, <laughs> um, and reach out because I. I I feel like there's like both camps and maybe it's it's an and situation, but it's like either you're really nervous about the perception of the people that you're closest to because you have deep bonds with those people and you're worried that they might not accept you or abandon you because of how, who you who you are or, you know, how you present yourself and maybe it's against their values or against their morals or whatever. So I think there's one camp of people who are, are really focused on that space. Then there's the, you know, the perception of, like, to strangers, like, how will I be perceived on the whole, you know, when it's not necessarily to do with anybody that you have uh, an attachment to or an invested relationship with, but there's still that I want to be perceived a certain way and in a certain light and you know I know that if I pick this maybe less traditional path I might be seen as x or y um and then I think maybe there's you know the middle where maybe those both exist or whatever um but I find that often there's you know it's interesting to see where the two camps lie and I think I was personally less concerned about the you know uh the perception of the people closest to me Mostly because I think I have really strong relationships with my people, and I knew that even if they didn't understand, which many don't, um, that they would be supportive in their own way. Um, But the public persona and perception has been something I've really struggled with Mm. in the context of poly, Um, and it's why it took me so long to come out publicly. Strangers. Strangers, um, you know, my audience, you know, like, I mean, I've been growing up a, a business for what, five and a half years now and, and how, you know, how will, how will everyone react? You know, um, I was really nervous to come out as by, as by, um, because, you know, I, I'd never talked about my queerness before. Um, I was really, really nervous to come out as poly because I know there's so much misinformation around what it is to be polyamorous and, you know, it's like, well, is that, are people going to just assume that we have a terrible marriage and that we're unhappy and that's why we're stepping into poly? Because a lot of people do do that. Like a lot don't of people, do that. yeah, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> PSA. No, I mean, I, I think I get that. Like, uh, like I wouldn't, like, I'm not public. I mean, I'm on this fucking podcast, but like, <laughs> yeah. and I, and I guess your TikTok, but I'm not like really, I, I don't broadcast it, you know, in yeah. any way. Yeah. I, I don't feel like it's any more important for people to know that about me than that my favorite color is gray and that I have a gray hoodie and I used to have a really awesome gray car that all matched with my gray mask. Um, (laughs) It's true. It's totally true. Um, But I just, you know, I I, I never like, uh, it it hasn't been important to me in in that way to to speak about it or anything. Yeah. Uh, I'm not ashamed of it or anything. Yeah. Just like it's, you know. It was never something that occurred to me. However, I do worry 
Like if I start talking with someone like at work or, uh, you know, not that people go to conferences or things like that anymore, but I do like my interaction with, uh, uh, you might say less woke, uh, people, um, you know, that's been a place where I've been worried about it. Like, especially like, uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say it like this, but I, 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 the proper phrasing escapes me. Like, uh, dudes are kind of dicks. Uh, a lot of the time. And, yeah. you know, if, if I were to say to someone randomly, you know, like, yeah, I have, uh, you know, another partner and my wife has another uh, partner. Like, I think that that could very easily open up a lot of shitty comments. Totally. Either, maybe, and I think less the shitty marriage thing. Yeah. But more like direct. Uh, it tends to be very sh- sexual innuendo. Yeah. Yeah. Of like, oh, you're getting some like. Well, I've definitely gotten that, but I've also gotten the opposite of like, oh, which one of you is the slut? Like implying that like we've, uh, you know, had an affair or yeah. something else, yeah. you know, or that that's just simply what this is. And so yeah. I think for me, like that probably, probably uh, helps keep the tape on it, uh, on my mouth as it were. It's just like, it's, I don't think I gain anything by being particularly open about it. Yeah. And I also don't feel like I lose anything by not, yeah. you know? And so, so, so it's more just like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with the headache of it. Totally. You know? So in juxtaposition to like, obviously you're, you're personally choosing to keep it private with, you know, people you're not Except super close to. Except for being on to. this fucking podcast right, and right, right. TikTok and the, <laughs> you know, all the other shit. Yeah. But a lot of those people, you know, won't see that. I mean, we'll see. Maybe they will one day. Um, it's blowing up. Shit's but. <laughs> like hotcakes. We got t-shirts. Yeah, we should. That'd be fun. Um, this is my hair. Just the swoopy. swoopy. We both have the swoopy hair. (laughs) It goes the same way. It's so funny. Um, Yeah. Side part for life. (laughs) But what, you know, the people that you did come out to, your friends and family, which, you know, we came out pretty quickly, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, within like a few months. dabble phase, I would say. Yeah. Well. Friends. Yeah, that's true. Friends, friends, we told very, very quickly, and our family, we told within the first few months, like six months or so. Right? No less. It was, yeah, it was less than that. It was like Thanksgiving. We well, and we had talked about you know stepping into some kind of ethical non-monogamy for a while before we actually did. Like maybe on our close to our first date. Like, <laughs> yeah. Talk about a threesome anyway. Totally. Um, and then we actively started talking about it in like 2016, and then we didn't actually meet our first partner that we had a triad with until 2018 and that was like midway through the year I want to say we met her and we didn't tell you know we we told once we knew that it was something that was important you know a relationship that was important to us and potentially had the, the possibility of being significant in terms of longevity or you know whatever you want to really qualify it as um and also because I was gearing up for my surgery um, for those of you who are new to the podcast, I had a preventative double mastectomy December of 2018 because I have the BRCA1 gene. I wrote a whole book about it. It's called I Chopped Off My Tits. You can check it out in the show notes or just go to amandacasmola.com forward slash book. Um, but my, you know, our partner at the time that we both, we were in a triad. So we both had a partnership with her and also the three of us were in a partnership, um, you know, wanted to be there for me for my surgery. And my mom was also coming into town. So that kind of you know, sped up the process, I think, of maybe telling them. But I think we were also feeling like it was time for that as well. Mm. Um, so I guess... Car ride. It, yeah. So I guess my question for you, though, is like, 
if that is your experience or your feeling around, you know, the people who don't necessarily know you and aren't super close, like how did how did it actually go in reality with your close friends and family? Like, oh, did you get any fine. of those comments or were people pretty understanding um, or supportive? No, I, I mean, my friend base was was uh, mostly like. Hey man, uh, I don't fucking get it. I couldn't do that, but if it floats your boat and you know uh, do it, I, I you know I think yeah. uh, the only word of caution I got was from my my best friend, and it was basically like, look, you know, you, you and Amanda do whatever you want. Um, I just hope that you two are okay uh, in the midst of it. That was you a know? big question we got. Like, are you guys okay? Are you guys okay? Oh, it was. I think we. What you mean is like are we okay and not okay and that's why we're doing this right i think i think my my best friend's thing was like hey you guys are great now don't fuck it up by dabbling (laughs) in something new yeah um you know yeah a lot Um, of people are scared about change yeah yeah and and protective around that yeah uh hi um (laughs) but uh yeah, so that went well. And, you know, I, I thought my mom would really freak out. <laughs> yeah, your mom was the most nonchalant. Like, I stuttered and stammered, not because it went poorly, but because it went so good. And I had been so prepared for it to be so <laughs> terrible. And it was so um, nonchalant. We were just, like, in the car with her. And you're like, Mom, I, I got to tell you something. <laughs> yeah. She was like, what? And, we were, and she's like, okay. I was like, yeah, it was, that's it? <laughs> like, literally, it was like, uh, okay, cool. Yeah, so. Her I dad's experience. reaction was. The most unexpected one, because maybe I should have been more prepared for the fact that he, you know, people don't necessarily know the terms. And this has been a big consistent thing on, you know, TikTok, um, where a lot of people hear polyamory and assume polygamy because that is... They had just finished watching Big Love or something like that. <laughs> I mean, well, that's, I mean, it's super, you know, in the media, like, that's what, what you experience. And uh, just want to say for the record, very, very fucking different. Um, no, hard no. Not Mormons. No, also not, not in a religious practice, not, uh, it's, it's, yeah, not in that space at all. Um, this is all just about relationship dynamics that feel aligned. And for each individual, it's not, um, it's not that intense by any means um but it's just uh it's it's not that and no matter how many times we corrected terminology yeah um that was that was that was the word that was used a lot in that conversation <laughs> i was like nope it's not what's happening here I think we tried about a half dozen times at a certain point off. i was like okay you're gonna just say what you're gonna say so <laughs> be prepared for that i suppose <laughs> yeah yeah, so that was mostly your experience. My experience, I would say, uh, was different all across the board. You know, my friends were super supportive. And actually, coming out to my friends helped me in terms of my own personal bias around polyamory. Because I definitely, even though practicing, had it too. And I think that's something that's really interesting. You know, mm. like we we have personal biases or or per, even perceptions and fears that even though we feel aligned for something and and with something at our core we still uh, you know navigate that and i think that's something that's really important to put out and i was really struggling with perception big time i would say like the first year of our relationship like i remember being out with the, the woman that I was mentioning earlier who we were in a triad with and you know we would walk down the street and it was like I, I didn't want to all hold hands 
because I didn't want to be perceived in a, in a way that felt misunderstood. I don't like mm. being misunderstood. And I know that there's so many mis, you know, uh, misunderstandings around what polyamory is or, um, or what our relationship dynamic might be or why. And I didn't want just a random stranger to have these perceptions of me because that was such a big deal for me. It's such a big fear for me. Um, and when I came out to my friends, you know, so many of them were like, oh, yeah, I know lots of poly people. Like, you know, kind of makes sense given that, you know, like you're bi and given that that's something that, you know, like I know you've never really talked about like stepping into that space, but like you're super sex, sex positive and you're super like you and Kev are like two of the most growth oriented, like uh, solid humans I know. So if there's a couple that can do this in a way that's going to be aligned, like cool like you know and I think not just hearing that they had belief in us as individuals and as a couple but also that they actually knew poly people like I just didn't know anybody Mm. like actually know anybody I knew some people who had open relationships but that always blew up like I always witnessed that blow up and be this really like harmful space and obviously like I'd seen a lot of you know not like very unethical um, you know, cheating and affairs and stuff. But I, you know, I never had actually connected with somebody who did ENM or polyamory in a aligned and really authentic way. And so there was just no roadmap for, for us or for, you know, for me to have anyone to talk to really that I knew and trusted. Um, and so even just hearing that people had friends in that space was like, oh my gosh, that's cool, you know. Um, My parents, on the other hand, you know, uh, that's probably been, I think, the most challenging, um, Mm. you know, piece for me. Um, So, mom and dad, if you're listening, hi, love you. Um, And the thing is, is I think it's most been most challenging because they are so important to us, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day you know, they've, they've been very supportive in the way that they've known how to be, but they don't understand. And I think they've had a lot of fear around the perception piece and a lot of fear around (laughs) your eyeballs right now. And a lot of fear around, um, why we're doing this, a lot of confusion around that. And, um, yeah, so navigating that has been challenging and I think it's it's also been a beautiful lesson around boundaries for us yeah um and uh yeah uh it definitely impacted our relationship individually with them for a chunk but I feel like we're in a in a good spot right now and I feel really really proud of the work that we've all done to you know get there um so yeah can I can I take a step back and contrast something you said yeah for sure um so you, you were talking about, um, you know, your the first year you were you, like you felt funky. I don't remember what the word you what you used was about uh, being poly. I yeah. I think it's it's really interesting. You felt it then, and I feel it now. You know, like for me, like walking down the the street, you know, holding hands with two different people, like that was totally fine. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm in like a really amazing other relationship with uh, you know somebody I really care about and, and love, but I still f- I feel that funkiness about Polly now, um, you know, which is which is weird. I think a lot of that probably like gets tripped up in like uh, you know things I felt 
uh, from like, growing up, uh, you know, where there was experiences actually as a child or as a younger uh, adult with, uh, you know, cheating or uh, even like religious upbringing of, yeah. you know, having uh, like one person you're supposed to be with. And for whatever reason, like when it was something we, we were doing together, like I, my perception of that was like, fucking A, totally cool, no yeah. big deal. Yeah. And... Uh, it, it's weird now to have been at a, in it, doing it, as you said, for almost three years now. Uh, and now is when stuff gets kicked up. Maybe because it like shit feels real. Like, I don't, I don't know, I mean, but it's, it's an interesting contrast totally. to, um, to you practicing poly at the beginning and having, you know, funkiness about it and yeah. me having none at the beginning, but now three years in yeah. this, you know, like totally opposite set of, of feelings yeah. or perception on it. Well, know? I think ultimately that speaks to, you know, our, our big fears and also like where we're at individually and our needs meet, you know, cause I think for me, my fears and the reason my perception was, or I was struggling with the perception of things was uh, a bunch of reasons. Primarily, I was still not comfortable in my queerness. Mm. And so I was even just struggling with the perception of like being uh, intimate in public with a woman. Mm. I was so excited by it, but I was also like, ah! like awkward turtle like i don't know what to do and like are people gonna look weird at me did you like my awkward turtle yeah i was really trying to figure that out was that a thing or is that just yeah like oh my god you've never seen awkward turtle or awkward what? palm tree oh come on this is a thing Every okay please tell me that you all know what i'm talking about kevin is not the only one who you clearly don't have the cool this is this is cool middle school amanda who is very not cool but that's okay um that's what I did in my spare time. But anyways, that was a big thing, you know. Uh, my Imagine you in your room, awkward turtling <laughs> <Stop>. around. <laughs> what was the hand motion? I don't know what no, it is. No, it's, it's like you put it on top. Anyways, we are not just, we're getting so off topic. So yeah, my queerness was a big part of that. I think also I was so protect and am protective, frankly, of our relationship and of what people think about us and say about us. Mm. Um I think that's become less of a thing for me now, but I think stepping into poly and especially because we were going from, you know, our relationship looked the same on paper and outwardly to everybody in the world for, you know, seven and a half years, right? And that changing, you know, it, it I knew that there were these perceptions because I was hearing them, you know, I was hearing people say like, Oh, especially to you specifically, like, oh, like you're, you're living the dream. Like you're getting some, you know? And it was like, why is it always focused on the fucking guy? You know, like in in the context of a triad with two women and, and one man, like I just really, it really got under my skin. Yeah. I didn't want any part of that. I totally got drug into it. Yeah. I was. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you meant the comments you didn't want any part of. (laughs) Um, you know, but or also that just like the perception that like we're just having sex all the time and that that's like the only reason for like stepping into that space. And, you know, I was at that time still pretty, um, uh, I would say if we're talking about being sexually liberated, I was not liberated at that point, like at all. You know, I was stepping into my sexuality in a different way, which was exciting, but I was so self-conscious, you know. Mm. And 
so even the the word slut like would be this huge trigger word whereas now i'm like yeah fucking yeah like everyone's a slut like i hope you're a slut i hope that and like let's reclaim that word let like let's take back the word the word and not use it as a slur and just you know refer to somebody who's sex positive and who actually believes that in using their body in a way that feels aligned for them no matter what that looks like like you know, there's this perception that in the in poly, like it's just all like a gangbang all the time, and it's like, if you if you mean Google Calendar sharing is a gangbang, then yes, like, <laughs> like I don't know what else to say. And for some people, sure, like maybe that's part of their experience. Um, I hope it's part of ours, you know, in the future. I would love to do that, but like, I don't know. I just think that that was really challenging for me because I was so uh, I struggled with feeling sexually liberated Mm. um you know and I also wanted I wanted people to know that we were in a great spot you know and for whatever reason like I cared so much about that because I wasn't at the end of the day I wasn't comfortable with myself in the space or just in general um so I think really flexing the confidence muscle and actually applying the things that I teach you know as a confidence coach and um an embodiment coach and just really like coming home to myself has been huge which speaking of since we are talking about that we'll take a little break and let you know that I am officially opening doors well doors are officially open for my signature group program the school of fears fills and fucks this is the first round that we're um, kicking off um, and it is literally encompassing all of the things that I teach in a one-on-one or group setting and putting it into a three-month 12-week um, amazing amazing Uh, course and program Um, and I'm really excited about it Uh, a lot of you have asked like how can I work with you on a on a bigger capacity this is the way to do it what I was thinking swipe right (laughs) get on tinder no um but also yeah um (laughs) but no how can I work on you in a bigger capacity this is the way to do it um and there are three different tiers depending on your budget and your needs so if you're looking to join a group program and a community that's going to really really heighten you and just allow you to step into your fuck yes self whether that's with your relationships um your job your purpose um your health the way that you see your body your sexuality and beyond this is the place to do it check it out at amandacatherineloy.com or you can head to the show notes and check it out there so yeah perception let's get back to it those are like basically the big ones in terms of what people thought and how we were navigating it yeah yeah so I guess let's let's pivot now into how we navigated that intentionally like how we overcame fear of perception or um what worked for us when it came to uh feeling comfortable Mm. in this space really I mean comfortable enough to talk about it and talk about it openly um yeah you want to start you want me to no, you go ahead. I'm trying to remember where this quote comes from. You have a quote in your head? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, like I was saying before, perception and why we are so uh, why we are so aware of why, how people perceive us and why we operate in a way to be perceived in a certain way is because we are still – not in a place with ourselves, no matter what that is, whether that's how we do relationships, our sexuality, or even just our jobs, um, what what is important to us, where we choose to spend our time, um, we are not comfortable with ourselves 
we are not we don't feel um we don't we don't echo that and and live that out and see it on paper and be like yeah that's amazing I want to support that because at the end of the day um I was watching in a TikTok I was watching a TikTok and that's ninety percent of entertainment in the news. <laughs> lately, it's been true. We got rid of all our subscriptions <laughs> to internet shit, and it's just TikTok. No, but this woman was talking about, and she's like, "I love it, and I I think it's amazing that there are so many career driven women out there, women who want to do these incredible things and make an impact and have these like huge jobs." And I'm not, you know, I'm not putting any of those women down, but why? is it that my dream of wanting to just be a mom and a wife and have a big house and a dog and, you know, a swing set in the backyard and just spend my day doing laundry and cleaning, you know, why is that looked out upon now? Why is that not, you know, something that is okay for me to feel? And I was watching her and I watching her speak to a dream that is so foreign to my own, so against everything that I love. And that that dream, that life feels uh, claustrophobic and like I, like I would be living in a prison. Like truly, like it's like everything I don't want in my life other than the dog. <laughs> I want a swing set. <laughs> that sounds amazing. But like, uh, you know, uh, impact and freedom mm-hmm. and travel and – um, flexibility and you know uh, all sorts of things those are my core values and that just goes so against it and because we are in an upswing of you know all of those things that I just expressed and there are more humans like me that are really really showcasing online now and sharing their thoughts and their dreams and their beliefs you know the other side of the coin is that other people who have differing perspectives and beliefs are now feeling like it's not okay to be them they're not feeling seen they're not feeling accepted and I think at the end of the day, like I said at the beginning, we are all just wanting to feel seen and accepted and loved for who we are. And so when we, when something that's important to us, like being polyamorous, is expressed and we are not seen and met, even if we're not understood, if we're just accepted, right? We don't need to be understood. We can be just accepted by the other person, Right then the narrative starts playing in our brains and the narrative can often sound like oh well you're weird or that's too much or you're not you know going to be able to uh, meet friends or build a community because people are going to think that you're too off or um, people are going to look at you and think you're weak or um, whatever the fuck your narrative is right and we start to believe those things Mm. right because we're so focused on the other and we're not, we're, we don't have our inner dialogue that is louder, right? My inner dialogue is so loud that sometimes I have to like be conscious about tuning other people in. Like that's genuinely where, the, where I'm at, at my own journey for self-love and self-awareness, right? It's like I'm so sure of who I am and what my message is and what I'm supposed to do and what my core values are that sometimes like I have to actively take a step back to listen to other people, you know? Um, and my wish is that you get to that point too, that you you are so sure of everything that you are and do, um, you know. And it takes it takes a lot of practice, frankly, and it takes um, a lot of reframing the narratives that you're hearing, and it takes a lot of accountability in that space. Um, so if you're looking for that, you can always join the school of your fear, fears, and fucks. 
Always a plug there. Always a plug, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so that, that, that's interesting. You know, I, I think uh, to use your parlance, I resonate with some of that. I love you. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't know. You know, whatever it is, a struggle or acceptance or perception or whatever. At the end of the day, I, maybe this is going to fly in the face of um, some of your stuff. But, you know, we're different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody fucking cares. Like, literally nobody fucking cares. You're the only person that cares about you, right? Like, I mean, people might say, I think, like, the shitty comments or whatever. But at the end of the day, that's, like, this fleeting moment. And the only thing that really matters is how you feel about you and the decisions you're making. Like, that's it. You know, yeah. at the end, at the end of the day, that that's the only thing that's really there. Yeah. Uh, and so if if you feel good with it, uh, this I, I hadn't planned for this to lead into my next point, but it's going to, and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> um, but if you feel good about it, like at your at your core, then that's the thing that matters, right? And sometimes this is my my second idea. I actually googled it. I did remember the quote correctly. Um, <laughs> So, but it, but if you feel good about it, even if there's like some funky territory to tread through, you know, yeah. that some some you know stones on fire or, or whatever that you're you're walking across, um, the the cure for that pain is in the pain. That's Rumi, mm. um, and that can mean a whole bunch of different things. But the way that I'm applying that in my head at the moment is that. Even if this situation has been tricky, by this I mean polyamory, even if I've had some shitty feelings about it uh, or things that have been really concerning to me or whether that's perception or events or whatever, uh, one thing I have I've like navigated through enough to know is that, like that that's important to me. Like that, that having, you know, a different vantage point on relationships and connecting with people and, and um, supporting people that I, you know, love and care about in their own adventures, like even if that's tricky or painful, like the nugget of joy is still in there. And sometimes I got to wade through some of that, that hurt or pain or whatever and find it. Uh, or alternatively, uh, <laughs> that, um, that special thing is actually deep down in there. And to shed myself of all of the shitty feelings and pain and things like I really got to go dig deep and find that. And when I find that, it makes all of the other bullshit that it took to get there like totally worth it. It's like the 57 hours of walking in the Lord of the Rings. Like <laughs> at, at the end of it, something happens. I don't know what, but it seemed worth it. Um, you know, and, and so much happens. So don't say just something happens. I don't know. So much happens. Um, but my but, but my point is still the same that like it's that that uh, journey to it and through it, um, you know, that that really makes it. Yeah. And when you layer that with like nobody actually fucking cares. like Well, and I think that that point is actually a really beautiful one that we often forget, right? Like we obviously think about ourselves more than we than anyone else because we are at the center of our own story. We are hopefully the main character in our own lives. And we forget that other people are their own characters, right? And a lot of the time we think we are being seen or um, observed in a certain way. Um, when really they're not paying attention at all, right? Can, uh, will you put this in the show notes if I talk about something real quick? Yeah. So uh, you got to go watch uh, Daniel Sloss's 
uh, second episode on Netflix. The comedy special thing yeah. that we watched? Yeah. It's so good. He, he talks about everybody being their own jigsaw. And, like, relationships are trying to get other people their pieces to, like, fit into your jigsaw. And you wonder so many times why it doesn't work. And it's because you forget that everybody is their own fucking jigsaw puzzle. And they're not necessarily meant to fit directly into yours. Yeah. You're supposed to have your own jigsaw puzzle. And sometimes they look real fucking nice sitting next to each other. Yeah. But not ramrodded into each other like some sort of, like, fucking Mickey Mouse threw up shit. That's what we talked about last episode about how, you know... Your this whole concept it just reminded me of like how so many people are like I want to find my other half and your puzzle piece will fit in mine, you know, which is something I've just never understood that that concept, you know, because we're all whole whole people, you know. So I love that you're a giant jigsaw puzzle, and yeah. hopefully, you know, they they match up <laughs> well, and sometimes they look weird, real weird, but also weird's not bad, you know. So it just kind of depends. Impressionism, that shit's weird. <laughs> but yeah i i think at the end of the day you know we also need to remember that our perceptions also change over time and as we learn and as we open our minds to learning like my perception of polyamory before we entered it and even as we were in it was pretty negative in a lot of ways i did not know that i was um i had a lot of shame wrapped up in that And it's taken a lot of self-work and a lot of honestly owning that this is really a part of who I am and how I've kind of always philosophically believed. I never, you know, practiced it necessarily, but it's, it's been such a deep rooted part of the way that I believe in love and believe in relationships and the way we should treat the people in our lives. And it's been honestly, it's been a practice of coming home to myself. And as I've done that, my perception around it as a whole has shifted. Um, Would you say the the cure for your pain was in the pain? Was in the pain, yes. It was in the pain, Kevin. Um, And I I think that that's also important to remember with others, right? Somebody might be perceiving you in a certain way, whether that's a stranger on the internet or a friend or a family or even a partner who, you know, a lot of you have been reaching out and been like, I'm Polly, but my partner isn't, and I don't know how to have this conversation with them. And I'm sure there's a big fear around how are they going to perceive me in this, right? And at the end of the day, remember that perception is rooted in knowing, right? And everyone's knowing is different. And if we can support the humans in our lives, if there are people we actually want to support, or just let the people who don't have that knowing and that understanding do their own thing, right, and just live at arm's length in a comment section, you know, that's that's all we can do. And our perception of ourselves is the only thing we truly have control over. So when we can hone that and really work on, you know, accepting that, then that, I think that's the but, path. But but is that what somebody's worried about, like, when they talk about that? Like, the, whoever reached out to you or commented you about the uh, – the, the, being poly but their partner's not like i suspect that the fear there isn't so much the perception but like that if they voice this feeling to uh or this desire to Mm -hmm. their existing uh monogamous partner that the whole thing fucking implodes well yeah i mean there's there's a lot of fears around that but perception plays a role for sure i'm not saying that it doesn't play a role but i'm i I, I guess what I'm wagering is maybe the topic for another episode. 100%. Uh, we, but, but, but I think that's very material is like it's, mm-hmm. 
Like, I, what, I mean, what happens when you are your desires and needs are incompatible, or or struggling, or seemingly, or at, seemingly odds. at odds? Yeah, and can you find compatibility there? A topic for another day. I think I did this last episode. Yeah, you did. So, anyways, I think that that's all that I have to say on perception and E and M. Any mm-hmm. thoughts on any re- re- final thoughts, remaining thoughts? Uh. No, but one I'll reiterate, nobody fucking cares. <laughs> Seriously, breathe that in for a minute. Nobody fucking cares. And if you don't feel it, say it a couple of times because it will really lighten the load of any of the things that, like, maybe not your close friends or family I was or say, whatever. Some people do care. Some, but I'm talking about, the, like, the, the bullshit from people. Like you were talking about people on the internet yeah. and, and or – even ancillary people or just random people you meet, nobody really fucking cares. Like, you, 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 you're the one that cares. And not to say that you shouldn't have feelings about that or have like stuff to process yeah. or like whatever. But if you feel good about it, that's the thing that matters. Fuck everybody else. And that's I think that's the big lesson here is ultimately this is about you and your happiness and your your you know path to your fuck yes self. So make sure that you're continuing to hone that and. If you liked today's episode, let us know. Um, reach out on Instagram or TikTok. Um, or if you are feeling extra good, um, leave a review, rating, and all of that good stuff over at iTunes. All of the stuff at the show notes are at amandacatherineloy.com forward slash podcast forward slash 119, as well as all the information for School of Fierce Fills and Fucks if you are wanting in on that. Um, there are three different tiers, um, different payment plans, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, and until next week, we'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. <laughs>